Good evening. I hope you're having a great day. This is my very first podcast, and I would like to share a quick testimony or a quick story with you that um, I experienced in my life. Back in 2004, um, one night I was coming home, well, I came home, and I was getting in bed, and I laid down, and as I, I closed my eyes to go to sleep, my eyes began to open. It was as if my eyelids were opening at the same time that I was closing them. And so I knew I closed my eyes, but yet I could still see the room. And then all of a sudden I raised up out of the bed. And when I raised up, I looked back on the bed and I noticed that my body was still lying on the bed. And so I turned around because I, I saw this sort of vortex or tunnel type thing that appeared on my wall. And when I got out of the bed, again, my body was still in the bed, but my spirit was drawn to this uh, tunnel, this vortex. And as I got closer to it, my body was sucked into it. And I began spinning around. There was all kind of bright lights. And then all of a sudden I was out on the other side. And when I came out of this tunnel on the other side, I was actually on the day that Jesus was crucified. I could see everything. I could see uh, the crosses, uh, the three crosses that were up with Jesus on one of them and uh, two people on, on either side of him. I could hear all the people on the ground. Some was making fun of him and some was crying on his behalf. And I'm just sitting there and I'm looking, I'm in awe. And then all of a sudden, my spirit begins to uh, it began to fly toward where Jesus was was uh, hanging on the cross. And my spirit was hovering. I, I began to hover on the right side of him. I was I was just hovering in, in the air and I'm looking over to my left side and I could see him on the cross. I could see his the right side of his face. Um, I couldn't see his his full face, but I could see just the right the, the side of his face. His head was facing down to the ground, and then all of a sudden his head raised up, and when it raised up, he yelled out a, a loud scream. And as he yelled out this loud scream, the whole earth shook. And as the earth shook, my spirit was sucked into his body. And when my spirit was sucked into his body, I could feel everything. I could feel the nails in my hands. I could feel the nails in my feet. I could feel the thorn, the crowny thorn on of, of thorns on my head that felt like nails going through my skull. I could feel all of all of the flesh that was uh, peeling off of my skin. But none of that was the thing that bothered me the most. It hurt. It bothered me, but it didn't bother me the most. There was this crushing weight. It was so, so heavy. It was like just a big weight that was almost getting ready to crush me to death. And I was only in his body for maybe a second. And as this weight began to crush me, I heard a voice from heaven say, that's enough. If I leave you there, you'll die. And immediately my spirit came out of my out of his body, I'm sorry, out of uh, the body of Christ, and 
when it did, again, the, the world was still shaking and my, my spirit was uh, flying in the air and it went right back into this tunnel. And I landed out on the other side of the tunnel again, back in my room. And this time when I landed, I landed in the bed. It, it was almost like my spirit fell back into my body. And as soon as it fell in my body, I caught my breath and I got up. All I could do was just cry. Because I couldn't understand why God would allow me to go through all of that. I didn't know what, what his message was at the time. And I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I prayed and I asked God, what what did it mean? And I, I, I went to a bunch of friends that uh, I knew could interpret dreams, but none of them could really give me any kind of interpretation that fit with my spirit or that my my spirit was in agreement with and so after I came out of my my uh that experience I kept hearing the scripture uh Galatians 2 and 20 I believe it's 2 and 20 that says I am crucified with Christ nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ lives in me and the life that I now live I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And that scripture has been a part of my heart and a part of my life ever since that night. It has, it has been the scripture that I live by. And so after that, a uh, couple of months afterward, I wind up uh, going into the hospital because uh, my sister told me that my eyes were turning uh, brown and she worked in a medical field and she told me that I needed to go see a doctor. So I went, went to see a doctor. And as soon as the doctor walked in, he looked at me and, and once he saw my eyes, he said, I already know what's wrong with you. He said, you need a liver transplant. And so he said, we're going to do tests or whatever, take some blood and do a biopsy and find out for sure. But I, I'm pretty sure you need a liver transplant. So uh, weeks went on. We did uh, tests and biopsies and it came back that I was diagnosed with autoimmune hepatitis. This is where my immune system chose to attack my liver and it began to kill the liver as if the liver was a foreign object in my body. And so Going through that, I couldn't understand what was going on. I, I kept telling God, I, I believe in you, Father. I know that you're going to heal me uh, because I was a preacher at that time. I was a minister at that time. And I just could not believe that the Lord would allow me to go through all of this, have these issues when I was serving him. Little did I know that it was all a part of his plan. And so... Later on, I, I wind up getting sicker. I, I uh, wind up in the hospital one Wednesday night. Got to the hospital. They they um, they told me that I had lost, I believe it was 80% of my blood. And there was no reason that I was uh, supposed to be talking because I should have been dead. Um, and as they were talking to me, they were giving me blood. And later on that night, I began to have to use the restroom. And so I, I hit the, the button and I asked the nurse if I could go to the restroom because I was in a ward with uh, a bunch of uh, people in ICU and I didn't want to use a bedpan. So I went to the bathroom and 
When I passed the sink to get to the toilet, as soon as I got to the sink, I began to get nauseated. So I stopped at the sink and I started to vomit. And when I did, it was nothing but blood. So much blood that it filled the sink and began to run over onto the floor. And it just kept coming. It kept coming. And then when it stopped, I was so weak, but I got enough strength to scream out help. And one of the nurses outside the room heard me and was trying to figure out where the sound was coming from. And so she made everybody be quiet and I yelled out another scream and she said it was coming from the bathroom. So they tried to come and open the door, but the door was locked and they had to wait for someone to come and uh, unlock the door because I was too weak to walk to the door. So then when they opened the door, they got to me. I fell in their arms. They picked me up, brought me to the bed. And when they laid me down, all I remember was vomiting again in one of the, these pink buckets. And it was nothing but blood. And then I passed out. And this was on a Wednesday. And when I came to, it was a Saturday. And on this day, I could hear the doctor telling my parents that there was nothing else that they could really do, that I was brain dead. I had lost too much oxygen to my, my brain. And so I'm sitting there and I'm like, well, I'm alive. I, I don't understand what this man is saying. I'm alive. And so I turned over to where my parents were and my mom looked at me and she saw that I was uh, breathing and she saw that I was blinking my eyes to let her know that I was alive. And she told the doctor, but he's moving. And so then the doctor looked over, he brought his uh, stethoscope and he checked my heartbeat because he had already cut the machine off at this time. And I was supposed to be dead. Um, and he realized that I wasn't dead. And so I had the machine. I still had the, the, uh, the tube down my throat, um, but it was no longer on. And he told me to wait a second and he left out the room and he came back. And when he came back, it was a swarm of doctors in the room. And so many doctors in, in there, they all were talking to me and um, they began to tell me to uh, take a deep breath because they were going to take this tube out of my mouth. And they did that. And when they did it, I still couldn't talk, but I could whisper a little bit. And the anesthesiologist was sitting on the left side of my bed and she looked at me and she said, Harold, she said, do you know who I am? Do you recognize me? And I told her, I said, no, ma'am, I don't know who you are. I said, your face looks familiar, but I don't know who you are. And she told me, she said, well, Wednesday night, when we brought you into the OR, she said, we put you to sleep because you had two varices in your neck that were burst and they were bleeding into your stomach. She said, I put you out and you were supposed to be out for at least two hours. She said, after I gave you the anesthetic, when the doctor walked into the room to begin the procedure, she said, I came out of the anesthetic and I told everybody in the room, no one could touch me until we all prayed. She said that I began to lead the prayer. I made everyone hold hands and I began to lead the prayer. And after I said, amen, I went right back into the anesthetic. And she said, for a moment, they didn't understand what was going on because they knew that I was not supposed to come out of uh, that anesthesia. And so I looked at her after she told me that and I said, well, ma'am, the only thing that I can tell you is that had to be the Holy Spirit 
because I don't remember it. And I know it was the Holy Spirit speaking over me, uh, uh, praying over me because it knew what the situation was. It knew that I was going to die that night, but that death would not have any victory over me. And so the Lord was showing me through the, the, the vision that I had as far as um, experiencing the cross with Christ. He showed me everything um, that I went through was a part of me bearing my cross and being crucified. And as I went through all of this, and, and, and this is just a, a little part, I'll tell you more about um, some other things that went on th during this time. But as I went more and more into before I had the actual transplant. So many things happened and so many times I've died. Um, but I would always keep a Bible right next to me. And every now and then I would walk in the halls and walk into other people's rooms on that same unit that, that needed transplants. And I would pray with them and everyone that I would pray with seemed like they would get a liver transplant or a heart transplant or a kidney transplant Everybody was getting transplant, but I was the only one that was not getting a transplant. And it, it looked like I was getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And then at one point, they every time they would get a liver, uh, three different times they would get a liver. And it was either no match for me or they would find something was wrong with the liver and, and they couldn't give it to me or I was too sick to receive the liver. And so one day, one of the doctors told me, well, we're just going to have to send you home. You've been here too long. The, the insurance is not going to pay anymore. And so there's nothing else that we can do. We, if we find a liver, we'll call you. But if not, it's out of our hands. And the Lord, I began to ask the Lord. I was like, okay, God, I need you to speak to me. And I need you to let me know, is this sickness unto death? Is this sickness unto death so that I can know what I need to do? Or if if not, if this sickness is not unto death, let me know so that I can build my faith and believe uh, for the promise that you're giving me. And all of a sudden, the Lord placed in my spirit. He said, go to Psalms 118 and 17. Never read this scripture before in my life on, until this day. And it says, I shall not die, but live. And declare the works of the Lord. I shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord. And from that moment I knew without a doubt in my mind that I was not about to die. I knew that God had a purpose for my life. I knew that at some day I was going to get past this and that I would declare the works of of the Lord. And so today I declare the works of the Lord. People, you do not have to die of sickness. You don't have to carry sickness. Sickness may come. The Bible says no weapon formed against us should prosper. It may it may form, but it doesn't have to stay. We have to know who we truly are on the inside. We are not our flesh. We are the beings, the spiritual beings that operate this flesh. And we have more power than what the world will tell us that we have. Through all of this, I realized 
that not only did Jesus die for my sins, but he also died for my healing. And once I got the revelation, once I really understood that he was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities, the chastisement of my peace was upon him. And with his stripes, along with his stripes, I am healed. Once I got that revelation and really understood it from a kingdom standpoint, I knew that the enemy could not kill me. I knew that there was no disease that could take me out. And so therefore, I am here today. I stand with uh, uh, the testimony of being totally healed. I walk with no issues. I've had a liver transplant. I've had two knee replacements. I've had part of my spleen cut. I've had uh, uh, breast surgery to to cut down surgery because of some medication that I was on that caused me to have breasts like a woman. I've, I've had uh, tuberculosis in my left ankle uh, uh, because of a liver that was given to me um, that had tuberculosis on it already. And, and none of these things, all of these things were supposed to kill me. But the, the Lord would not allow it to happen. Out of all of the things that I had to go through, it was just God showing me I was being crucified with Christ. Yes, I died also, but I was able to raise up, conquer death, because this is who we are as real men and women of God. We do not have to operate from the world's standpoint. When you get into a kingdom mindset, you will understand that this world means nothing. That we have full control, full dominion over our lives, over this universe, and that we don't have to uh, uh, just go along with the mundane, but that we can orchestrate our lives. We can speak our lives into existence. We can speak things into existence. We have the same power that Jesus walked with. He said it many different times in the word. Many different times. So I hope that this testimony would really encourage somebody today. Um, I hope that it would help somebody understand that if you're dealing with any kind of sickness, you have the power. Just speak into existence what you want. Just speak every day. I am healed. This is what I did over my life. Every day I spoke. I am healed. I am healed. I didn't allow what was going on to get into my mind and make me believe that I was sick. Though I had all the symptoms of sickness, I didn't allow it to take over my mind. I believed that I was walking in divine healing. And because of that, I am walking in divine healing. I pray that you have been blessed.